and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hey, welcome. That was, that was the crowd going wild. Oh, was it? I, I yeah. wondered. I haven't heard that before, so I don't, <laughs> not an experience I have generally. But so uh, the air date for this, if the Lord is willing and the crick don't rise, is December 1st, 2021. So it, yeah, your tree is up and you're celebrating Christmas. Um, be merry. And Kevin and I are merry as well. Um, Wait a minute. Is there is there like an, what's the acceptable time to, do Christmas decorations. You know, I have a personal opinion about that. Like, I feel like the day after Thanksgiving is more or less kind of the time for me, but I will say like with as brutal as the last year and a half has been, uh, if it makes you happy to put your tree up whenever I say, do it. Okay. Um, it's just been a really brutal time for people. So if that's going to spark a little bit of joy for you, spark some joy, go for go. it. I say, the- be, I, you want to you want to drink eggnog before Thanksgiving? Fine. You you want to like watch Die Hard right now? By all means. <laughs> um, by all means. Um. You 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 want to listen to Bean Crosby or whatever your thing? I'm a not King Cole guy myself, but you know. If you want to watch cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies, by all means. I, I I'm not a you know you can't do it until this date. I used to be. I used to feel that way, but the pandemic has changed me. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my, my wife has been like all eager to decorate for Christmas, like since November 1st. And you again, we, we, we do a thing where we wait till after Thanksgiving and we we're keeping to that, but, but she's just, she's like, I don't know why, but I just, it's like, I'm just, I'm just ready. <laughs> See, And I say, if it'll make your wife's heart happy, let her put up a wreath, man. You know, like it. So if you're agreeing with Cheryl Crow, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. No, I wouldn't say that as like a philosophy, but I do think if you want to pursue your, your wife's joy in her heart and it'll make her happy to hang up a wreath, then let her hang up a wreath. Okay. Thank you. For, thank you. <laughs> thank you. A sage marriage counselor. I think the joy in Angie's heart is more important than like arbitrary rules about when you can hang green stuff in your house, but that's just, <laughs> oh boy. But that's well, just me. Either yeah. way, this is airing on December first. We think that's the plan. Right. So by December first, I think everyone's you're you're in the clear. You're you're fully right. in the clear. See, I used to be like when I lived in Vermont, it was like I can't decorate for Christmas until there's snow on the ground. But then I moved out of Vermont, and like that this isn't. I'd be waiting. So you were decorating for snow in like September. <laughs> well, some years yeah. for snow for Christmas, but in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like okay. if it hasn't snowed yet, can't can't be Christmas time yet until until yeah. it's snowed. Now I live in Pennsylvania. And so it's just like, whatever, I can't wait for snow. Otherwise it might not happen. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Day after Thanksgiving, I'm good. Christmas songs are good. I'm I'm good with Christmas songs really anytime, just anytime because Christmas songs are great. Yeah. But yeah. Once you get through Thanksgiving, no holds barred all Christmas all the time. Fair enough to each their own as far as all that goes. Yeah. Well, anyway, today on the podcast, that was fun. But uh, Christmas decorating tips by Matt and Kevin. Oh, dude, I'm the word. Like, again, to me, it's just about. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> um, 
we're not the Griswolds by any stretch. <laughs> Let me just say that. But um, we uh, this week, um, it's you know the middle of November, and uh, we will be finalizing an adoption on our youngest daughter, Peyton. She will officially become a Curtis, and I can say her name on here now because she's officially will be be officially ours by the time this airs. Um, and we're of course have a lot of joy about that. Um, and I just wanted to share that really with the list with our listeners that we have added to our family officially. Um, she will be Peyton Curtis come this Friday at, you know, one 30 when the judge bangs his gavel and transfers her into our family. And I just, it just got me Congra- thinking a lot. Congratulations by the Thank way. You. I Thank you. I know we've been sitting on that news for a little while. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it just has got me thinking about um, just what a beautiful picture that is of how we've been adopted. All of it, like adoption is something all of us, uh, if we've placed our faith and trust in Jesus as savior and his Lord experience. So that we are adopted as sons and daughters and transferred from one family and one kingdom really into another. It just has got me thinking about that. So I thought we'd discuss that some today. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I don't, how much do you want to share about your own sort of personal adoption story or stories? And then, yeah. So transfer that into, then we'll kind of go into what, the, what kind of biblically the understanding of adoption in terms of being sons and daughters of, of God. Sure. Um, we, I have two daughters. I have uh, my oldest daughter, Katie, who we adopted through foster care um, years ago. She, we, we brought her home from the hospital when she was two days old. And the whole way she came into our family is kind of a whole other really neat God ordaining things so that things would work out in a particular way um, that it would, it would take too long to go into all that. And maybe that'll be a bonus episode sometime, but um, it, she um, was legally free in seven months and we finalized it like nine months, which if you know anything about foster care is just kind of miraculous. Just, it just doesn't happen. And so uh, after that happened, um, we took a little break from foster care because of a variety of reasons. Um, I'd gone to work for foster in a, in a foster care agency at a time when I was between churches and I got to see how the sausage is made, so to speak. So I had some reservations about that. And so we began to pursue about the time Katie started kindergarten, we began to pursue a domestic infant adoption through, you know, an agency. And it just, the door was closed for like seven or eight years. It just like every time it looked like it was going to happen, it didn't happen. And then the agency that we were involved with closed and ended up giving us like a ton of the money we'd paid back and it just never came to pass. And so last year, I really needed been after me to do foster care again for a long time. And I'd just been praying about it and just felt like, it could be that the Lord has it for us to like just adopt through foster care again. And so he opened my heart to doing that. And we pursued licensing and like a half an hour after we got licensed, we got a call about Peyton. This would have been last January. And she was, uh, she was five at the time and um, another adoptive placement for her. Like the plan was they were going to adopt her. She'd been placed for adoption in that house and it just didn't um, work out um, for reasons that I won't go, can't and won't go into here. Right. Um, and um, it, she, she just had a tough, she's had a tough go of it, but she just fit perfectly into our family. We knew pretty much right away that we wanted to keep her forever. Uh, and so we pursued that 
Um, and we've just been waiting for here in California, you have to live with the person, with the people you're going to adopt for six months. And so as we're way past that now, and um, then uh, there were just some other delays because of COVID and office stuff and, you know, bureaucracy being what bureaucracy is. We had really hoped we'd finalize this summer, but that didn't work out. And so end of November is when we'll finally finalize. And Peyton, again, we thought we'd adopt an infant again. That's not what the Lord had in mind. Um, And so here we are. I have two daughters. They are eight years apart. One is 14, one is six, both adopted through foster care, none of which are things that I thought would happen. We thought we'd have our own children. That wasn't what the Lord had in mind. I thought I was done with foster care. That was not what the Lord had in mind. I thought I wanted another infant and do the whole baby thing again. That was not what the Lord had in mind. Although we currently do have a foster daughter who I don't know what's going to happen with her. We've had since she was two weeks old. And if the Lord wills it, we'd be happy to adopt her, but I don't know what the Lord's going to do there. We'll see. But it's, it feels unlikely right now, but then again, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord's going to do. Right, so right. Yeah. that's that's our adoption story. Yeah. So it's really different adopting a newborn versus a five-year-old. Yes. Yes. Different behavior, different dynamics to deal with, you know? I mean, I don't want to like share too much because I feel like that's Peyton's um, personal story that I just yeah. don't want to put out there. Um, yeah. But like, no, she's had a lot to deal with. It's neat. It's, it's been neat to see her stabilize and grow and regulate some since she's been in our house. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, good. Well, let's take a break here and then uh, we'll come back in the second half of the show and we'll talk about the biblical idea of adoption and what that means for us as sons and daughters of God and how earthly adoption in many ways parallels that and pictures gives us, that really it, it yeah. gives us insight into our relationship with the Lord. Hey, we're back. It's Matt and Kevin. We're still talking church, and today we're talking about adoption. The first half of the show, Matt was sharing his story of his most recent adoption, which will be finalized here, Lord willing, in a few days. By the time this airs, it will have happened, Lord willing. I'm a little hurt that you're not coming to the ceremony, Kevin, that you're not coming to court on Friday. Well, it's 3,000 miles away. Fair enough. (laughs) My apologies. It's all right. Yeah. So Matt will now have two girls. Yeah. I've got two boys. It's probably a different experience. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Also, like I have my, mine are eight years apart. I did it the traditional way and had them eight, had them eight years apart. So, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah. So that's a different dynamic too. Yeah. Well, mine are two and a half years apart and mine are, you know, have trauma, which is another like layer of, yeah. Well, that's a whole other topic, but we'll have Jason Stride on and he and I can talk about that. Yeah. So I have a quick kid story for you. You'll appreciate oh, this. Okay, great. So my daughter, Peyton, she's like into Legos. Like now all kids are into Legos, but like Peyton is like in to Legos. You know what I'm saying? Like right. deeply, deeply into them. And so she comes in the other day and she's holding like, the instructions for her new set. And she says, dad, can we read the constructions? Right. And I just thought that's the most adorable thing ever. And I hope no one ever like 
corrects her. Oh, yes, we can we can read the con- the constructions. I, the day is coming when it'll be the instructions, but it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I love. We've had a few things where uh, we've been really slow to correct their pronunciation of certain yeah, words. Yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it because it's just so fun that we just uh, I can't help it. For a long time, my oldest would say "to dagger" instead of "together." Yeah, can, can we do this to dagger? <laughs> it was just so cute. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me. Uh... Oh yeah. Can you say Philadelphia? Philadelphia. What was that? Filthy Alpha. Filthy Alpha. That's where she is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Filthy Alpha. Filth. I mean, Filthy Alpha. Filthy I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but Filthy Alpha. Yeah. Oh, I know. There's a little girl in my church who's like, you know, three years old who's called the pandemic, the pandemic. <laughs> And it's the most. We should all call it that. It's the most accurate thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like, (laughs) nope, no one correct her. Stop. That's that's what we're calling it from this moment on. It is the pandemic from now on. Yeah, yeah. The other one that was my youngest, the the Philadelphia or whatever he says. He also Mm -hmm. says, uh, "Okay, he's eating something," and he's like, "Yeah, it's going down my, it's going down my phosphagus." For for esophagus, my my phosphagus. That's pretty good. I mean, he's like what? Four. Four? I mean, that's those are hard words. Let's let's get a ruling from the judges. That counts. Yeah. I remember trying to teach my three-year-old to say anaphylactic. That was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm the nerdy one on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, he has an EpiPen because of allergies. And so we're talking yeah. about anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fun kids stories. We could be here all day telling kids stories. That's maybe we'll just do a different podcast where we just have guests on and talk about funny things their kids do. But anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, hey, let me read you a Bible verse from Ephesians. Love it. Ephesians chapter one. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Now, this is not the only verse in the Bible that speaks of adoption, of course, but it's a good place to get the ball rolling. Good a place as any, I suppose, to get the ball rolling. That it's yeah. a clear biblical concept that we one of the one of the spiritual blessings that we have, and that's how this passage in Ephesians begins, which bless us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, and then he kind of just lists them off. And one of those is adoption. It's a blessing that we have. Um, it is the Lord making us his own. And there's, you know, a bunch of different ways we could say this. It's our it's transferring us from the kingdom of dark to the kingdom of light. It's making us we who were dead in sins alive again together with Christ. It's, you know, so on and so forth, but it's this, it's a transfer in a sense of being part of one family to being in another. In Ephesians two, he kind of says it this way, not kind of says it this way. He does say it this way. In Ephesians two 12, he says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. In other words, completely isolated, removed from God's Mm -hmm. families. But then in verse 19, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we've now been brought in. We are now part of the household of God. And he's, again, it's similar idea, same concept of being adopted is that now we have sonship. And that does nothing to do with gender, by the way. Let's get that out of the way. It's sonship just has to do with our standing before God. Right. Okay, that we are sons and daughters of 
the most high God. We're sons and daughters of the most high King. We're in his household. And so that's just like, obviously a huge concept uh, in the new Testament that sometimes goes by other sort of metaphors, I guess. Yeah. uh, Or other terminology, but speaking to sort of the same idea of this is a really profound way of understanding who we are in terms of our, our identity and our union with Christ. And what I, what I love about it is that it's more than a metaphor. Yeah. It's not as though we, it's not as though we're, we're adopted. No, we're actually adopted. Right. Right. We're actually like, like before, like well, what's going to happen on Friday is like, we've been fun. We've been her functional parents for almost a year. And yeah. like, it hasn't really affected like how we treat her or care for her or discipline her or any of that. Like that hasn't like, none of that has mattered. But now it'll be like actually and really true. And like, that's a a pretty neat picture of what we have in the gospel. Like right now we're adopted, we're his, but we're not like, there's also a not yet aspect to it. Right. Where we have all the rights of sonship, but like, we're not, um, we haven't come fully into our inheritance just yet. Right. Um, And so there's, there's still, there's a day that we're look for we're looking forward to like right now in our house, we have this um, paper chain and every day we get closer to finalization day, Peyton rips off a chain. Yeah. Because she's looking forward to like uh, every night I'll pray with her and go like, I'm, I'm so glad dear God. Thank you. That Peyton is in our forever family. And every night she says, I'm not adopted yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's this part of her that's worried. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, like, because she's, because that's happened to her before. Yeah, um, yeah. And so there's this part of her that's like, she won't really fully embrace it until the judge bangs the gavel. And I think a lot of us in our walk with Jesus, we're not any different. We don't really trust his love. We don't really trust that, no, we really are his son or daughter. Well, almost when really and truly we are. It's not metaphorical that we're no longer this sinner instead that it's actual. Yeah. And in, in, in our failure to believe that, I think, is what leads to so much of our brokenness and pain. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. We're, we're all of us adopted. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, that pretty much says it all. Yeah, so it, sure it really does. To that. I mean, it's just kind of a thought that's worth lingering on for a while. Of, yeah. Again, we, have, we, we understand what earthly adoption is. Yeah. We, we see that, and it, it happens. You know, kind of, you know, it's an interesting picture of, in some sense, you've already adopted her, but in another sense, like in a legal sense, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all of it is just a picture of, a, you know, a, a greater and truer reality, a greater and truer adoption. Yeah. Which we hope for, which we hope for everyone to experience at some point. I like how adoptive families often will celebrate the gotcha day or whatever yep. they call it. We, you know, it's not just the birthday, but it's also the day that, you know, things were official, I guess. Yep. Um, and in the same way, again, like we all have our earthly birthdays. Um, and, you know, I know some people that celebrate their gotcha day in terms of like the day that they were reborn, the day that they were adopted, the day that they were saved, you know, whatever, right. whatever that is as, as, as their gotcha day uh, in terms of when the Lord got them, <laughs> yeah, got a hold of them. Which I think is a great practice. Um, I don't know the specific day. I know the month. Uh, I don't actually know the day, 
but again, like it's, it's a, it's a good picture, I think, uh, and a very close picture, I think of the reality of what happens in biblical adoption as well. We have a lot of pictures in our earthly experiences of like greater kind of spiritual, eternal realities, like yeah. family, like family and marriage, like and marriage. I mean, in some ways the, the adoption kind of analogy is, uh, more pure, I guess. Like there are well, fewer... because, again, because it's more than in, like a metaphor. It's well, no, but actual. I'm just saying like, yeah, to, to think of families and marriages have issues, right? And so sometimes it makes that parallel, it makes that, uh, it makes that picture a little bit harder to sort of transfer to the spiritual reality that is pointing, yeah. that is pointing toward adoptions tend to have, I don't know, maybe like that, that line is a little bit neater because there's, yeah. there's less baggage maybe. Well, well, in some ways there's more because as excited as Peyton is to join our family, she also knows that it means she's never going back to her mom. Yeah. And there's a certain measure of grief with that as well. I mean, all adoption stories begin with loss. So there's for sure messiness. But again, I think that for me just makes the picture even better because um, all of our stories have loss and mess and brokenness and sin and pain and all of it. And God in his mercy um, is able to take all of that and none of it keeps him from making us his, you know, like yeah, yeah. both my children have just messiness in their origin stories. Yeah. Like just messiness. And those things don't like keep me from loving them and don't make them any less mine. And it's not just that I like overlook them and, and like, don't worry about it. It's no, I, in many sense, I, in many senses, I am with them in that messiness I mean, both my children, I've been with them if they've grieved um, loss right. and dealt with like the generational consequences of their biological parents' sins. Right. And Jesus does that. I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but I'm saying, but it's a picture of what happens. Right. Our first parents harmed us, Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Trauma, loss, brokenness, um, like th- there was a real harm done. But God comes in as a as the true and better parent and doesn't just go, none of that matters. He sits with us in it, and then none of it keeps us keeps him from being our father. Right. And it often um, affects the way in which he cares for us and even yeah. the way in which we're called to him initially. Yeah. You know, a lot of our stories of coming to faith, they they take into account some of that messiness and brokenness yeah. and sinfulness and uh, the Lord's really creative in the way that he calls us to himself, uh, not despite our circumstances and our issues, but directly speaks into them. Yeah. Amen. Adoption, man. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful, uh, both like doctrine, like there's, you can, there are whole books about the doc- doctrine of adoption, um, but it's also just a beautiful reality in terms of we get to, I get to picture it and with what the Lord's done, chosen to grow my family. And I get to experience, it's helped me understand deeper my own adoption as a son. Right. Um, so it's been, it's been good, right, and wonderful. Yeah. Good. You've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, and we hope that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, 
topics you'd like us to discuss, you can email email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com. You can always follow us on Twitter at MKTC. And if you'd like to share your own story of adoption, whether you've been adopted or done the adopting or both, uh, please feel free to write in. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've got questions from kids, we're still trying to solicit some questions from kids because kids ask great questions. And so we'd love to hear from them and hear from you. And uh, we'd love to have a whole episode here where we just kind of answer some questions. So with that being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. We've been talking church and adoption. Be warm and be fed. Be warm.